Let us pray. Amoshi eternal and everlasting Father, we are thankful this evening for your grace and your mercy. Thankful that you have given us this privilege to gather together to study a portion of your word that we know is the stability of our times and that we can find comfort and support through your word. So as we have gathered, we realize that the human mind is now capable of perceiving the truth in your word. So we pray that the Holy Spirit will open our minds and enable us to hear precisely what you have for us this evening. This is a request in Christ's name. Amen. We're still walking through Exodus chapter 16, verses 13 through 36. But I'll be reading from verses 23 through 26. He reads, he said to them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left, and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded. And it did not stink or get maggots in it. It is today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord, you will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Now the primary message of this, of the major section of Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 through Exodus chapter 17 verse 7 that we have been dealing with is that you should be careful about grumbling against your spiritual leaders since doing so is the same as grumbling against God. However, we have been considering the focus of Moses in the section of Exodus 16 verses 23 through 26 which is on the exposition related to the provision of the bread or the strange substance on the sixth day by the Lord to Israel. Now the lesson associated with this subsection we stated is that the result, I mean the nature of the result of an action is dependent on whether the action is sanctioned by the Lord or not. In, the, in pursuant then to this lesson, we have considered the first two instructions to Israel from the Lord through Moses, following the reason for the provision of the double quantity of the strange substance on the sixth day that we considered last week. The first, of course, concerns the manner of the preparation of the food from the substance that the Lord provided Israel. Now this, the second, involves setting aside the excess food from the sixth day for consumption on the seventh day. Now this second instruction on a surface reading appears to be a contradiction to the Lord's original instruction through Moses about not keeping any of the strange substance overnight. Now we dealt with this apparent contradiction uh, in our study last week by stating the principle that when there appears to be conflicting instruction in the scripture, we should carefully study the context, the context of the passages involved in order to resolve the apparent conflict. Because as far as God is concerned, there's no conflict. The conflict comes from us. So we continue with Israel's compliance then to the Lord's instruction given in verse 24. Now we are sure that verse 24 is concerned with the compliance of Israel, specifically to the second instruction, because the verse begins with the word so. In the 1984 edition of the NIV, it begins with so, of course, and in 
majority of our English version, they begin verse 25, uh, 24 with the word so. Now the word so of the NIV is translated from a Hebrew particle that is often translated and in our English versions. However, the Hebrew particle has several other uh, usages. In our passage, it is used to convey that Israel's action given in verse 24 results from the two instructions they receive with specific focus. On the second instruction, the Lord gave them regarding the keeping overnight the food prepared on the sixth day. Thus, it is appropriate to translate then the Hebrew particle with the word so, in the sense of, and for this reason. See, he's telling them something, and says, and for this reason. So it is for the reason of the second instruction that Israel acted in verse 24. In effect, Israel's obedience results from the instruction they were given in the preceding section. Now, Israel's obedience to the Lord's uh, instruction concerning the handling of the food prepared from the strange substance on the sixth day is then given in the sentence, look at verse 24 again. That sentence, it says, they saved it until morning. Now that word saved of the NIV should be understood not in the sense of to keep safe or to rescue from danger, but to store up for future use. Now this is because the word saved of the NIV is how the translators render the Hebrew word Noah that may mean to rest, to settle down and to remain. As it is used for Noah's act, resting and settling down on Mount Ararat as narrated in Genesis chapter 8 verse 4. Genesis chapter 8 verse 4. Now here we're going to see the uh, Hebrew word nu'ah, nu'ah uh, translated rest in a sense. So here it reads on, and on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest. That's a Hebrew word. Came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Now the word may mean to have rest after laboring as in the rest required of both humans and animals in Israel on the Sabbath day according to Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 14. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 14. And hold on to that Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 14 reads, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. So here again, the word is really the, new, the Hebrew word Noah translated to rest. Now the word may mean to store something, as it is used to describe the treatment of the tithe of every three years in Israel, as re, uh, reported or re, described in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28. Now, this is one of those things that uh, uh, you know it's hard to explain. To people, when once they get their mind made up about things, you can explain all you want. They're not going to budge. 
Now, in reading this passage, you can see that if people really believe that they should be tithing, they should understand this passage then. Here it is. It says, At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns. Now, that means they will use produce. All the tithes in Israel involve some kind of produce. Not money. If you, read, if you go home read the rest of it, you see, uh, even before it, that you are told, whatever you have, sell it, go there. If you go in a long distance, when you go back, buy back what you sold. So, uh, in other words, the tithe, as what people talk about today, is not for Christians. That's for fact. In our passage of Exodus 16, verse 24, the word, though, the Hebrew word, is used in the sense of to live alone or to put aside. So the Israelites put aside the quantity of food they did not consume on the sixth day. Now the setting aside the quantity of food the Israelites did not consume on the sixth day is an act of obedience to God's word. That it is an act of obedience is given in the next clause of Exodus chapter 16 verse 24 that we are studying. The next Clause reads this way. As Moses commanded. As Moses commanded. Now the word commanded here is translated from a Hebrew word that denotes the action of a superior stating something with authority and or force to a subordinate with the purpose of eliciting a response and so the word may mean to command or to order. Now it is with the meaning to order that the word is used to describe the instruction of priests to evacuate a house suspected of mildew before they start getting inside to, uh, to inspect it. According to Leviticus chapter 14 verse 36. Leviticus chapter 14 verse 26. He reads, say the priests at that time, they served for a whole lot of things because God had uh, qualified them to do all kinds of things. So they were health inspectors and all that. So that's one of the, this is what they did. So it says, the priest is to order the house to be emptied before he goes into to examine the mildew, so that nothing in the house will be pronounced unclean. After this, the priest is to go and inspect the house. So, here that word order is a Hebrew word that's translated command also. Now, the word may mean to instruct, as it is used in the instruction of the Lord to Joshua, regarding the plunder of Ai, after killing their men, as we read in Joshua chapter 8, verse 25. Josh, Joshua chapter 8, sorry, there should be verse 27. Joshua chapter 8 verse 27. It is that Israel did carry off for themselves the livestock and plunder of this city as the Lord had instructed them. That's a Hebrew word here. It's translated instruct. Now the Hebrew word may also mean to appoint as David used it to recognize his appointment as a leader of Israel by the Lord when the wife wasn't happy with, with him for dancing uh, in a way that she thought wasn't dignified. And so she complained. And David came back and said, You can say all you want. I'm the leader. God chose me, not your family. 
So we read that in Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 21. Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 21 Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 21 reads David said to Michael it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or Anyone from his house, when he appointed, that's the same Hebrew word translate command. He said, when he appointed me ruler over the lost people, Israel, I will celebrate before the Lord. In other words, you can complain all you want. I don't care whether you think I'm not dignified. I'm going to celebrate joyfully before the Lord. That's what he was saying. Now, in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 24, the Hebrew word no that means to command. That is, of course, to charge someone to do something. Now, the Hebrew form used conveys the sense that Moses calls the Israelites to do what the Lord instructed through him. Because it's what's called a PL is using the Hebrew. Now, of course, we have to be careful not to think that Moses forced anyone to do anything. He merely communicated God's instruction to the people. And they willingly complied with the instruction that they received from Moses. Now, this fact is important to convey that a spiritual leader does not have the power to compel a believer to do anything. His responsibility is to communicate what God says. But it is up to the individual believer to comply or not to comply. That's all he does. Give the instruction, explain it as carefully as he could, and let the believer decide what he wants to do. So anyway, there is blessing in obedience to God's word, as the scripture tells us. Now, Moses conveyed this truth to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 27. The simple truth is always blessing in obedience to God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 27, this is the way Moses conveyed it. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. In other words, there's blessing in obedience. The Lord Jesus, during his earthly ministry, conveyed the same truth concerning the blessing that comes to a person that obeys God's word, as we read in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Luke Chapter 11, verse 28. Luke, chapter 11, verse 28. Luke, chapter 11, verse 28. He, he replied... He replied as he, the Lord Jesus Christ, replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You hear you obey it, you get a blessing. You hear you walk away, you don't get a blessing. That there is blessing though in obeying God's word is then communicated in the passage that we are studying. That is Exodus 16 verse 24. In the clause when it says, And he did not stink or get maggots in it. Now it is true that nearly all our English versions begin uh, this clause with the conjunction and, as you have here in the NIV. But it seems to me 
that to, it is better to begin the, uh, the clause with the conjunction but, and not and, but. Since that is one of the meanings of the Hebrew particle translated and in our English version. Now the reason I advocate this interpretation is the context of the verse. You see, the Lord through Moses originally instructed Israel not to leave any part of the food or the strange substance overnight. Now those who disobeyed discovered in a hard way that it does not pay to disobey God because their tent stunk with rotten food as in the passage we are studying Exodus 16. Look at verses 19 and 20. The same chapter 16 that we are studying. Look at verses 19 and 20. Verse 19 reads, Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept out of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Now, see, what we have though in the clause of Exodus 16 verse 24 when it says, And it did not stink or get, or get maggots in it, is that the food left overnight did not get spoiled or get rotten. Doesn't it would seem to me that the Holy Spirit through Moses wanted to convey, uh, in this case, to contrast the result of disobedience to obedience coming from God. I mean, of the instruction coming from the Lord. Now, the food was left overnight in both instances, but when it was done in disobedience to God's word, it rotted contrary to what happened when the same action was taken in compliance to God's word. Hence, when Moses then wrote the sentence of Exodus 16 verse 24, he did not stink or get maggot in it, he intended for us to note the contrast between the results of disobedience and obedience. It's for this reason that it is my interpretation that Moses intended the Hebrew particle used to begin the clause to be understood as conveying the sense of contrast to what transpired previously with some of uh, the Israelites uh, that now diso- that disobey God's word to now those who uh, dis- actually obeyed him. That he wants to show that contrast. Now, after my interpretation, I consulted our English versions. Uh, since I have, uh, I can easily look at over 20 something English versions um, uh, through the software I use. So, now surprisingly though, although some English versions, they really not translate the Hebrew particle, but of uh, those that did, only one English version, the God's Word, there's an English version called the God's Word, that translation adopted my interpretation, or agreed with my interpretation, so that it actually reads this way. But, it didn't smell or have worms in it. So when I saw it, I thought at least one, one, uh, one group of translators recognized what I think I also did. So this aside then, it is a fact that when Israel left the food overnight, it did not spoil or become roughened. That is the major reason then for the lesson that we stated, which again is that the nature of the result of an action is dependent on whether the action is sanctioned by the Lord or not. So the same action 
of living overnight the food uh, prepared from the strange substance resulted in two different results. Same action. The different result. The difference is that on one occasion, the action was not sanctioned by the Lord. While on the other occasion, it was sanctioned by Him. So the point is, or that we're stressing is that the outcome of an action depends on whether it is authorized by the Lord at a given time or not. Because He may authorize you to do something now, and the next moment, you're no longer authorized to do the same thing. So because the action of living the food overnight on the sixth day was authorized by the Lord, the outcome was different from when some individuals left the food overnight in disobedience to God's word. Somebody can argue, well, uh, we did the same thing. So what's, what's the difference? Well, the difference is, one case, God said, do it. The other case, he said, don't do it. Either way, once we obey him, no problem. Anyway, be that as it may, the Holy Spirit conveys to us through this subsection that we are considering that it is important not to act based on an assumption of what appears to be obvious to us until we know with certainty of what God wants us to do. That it is important that we don't act in regarding based on some assumption of something that seems obvious to us. We shouldn't act. In effect, the Lord may bring a situation before us where an action to take may seem obvious. But we should be careful to ensure that what appears to be obvious or an anticipated action is what the Lord actually intended for us. Take for example, suppose you run into unexpected money in the sense that someone gives you money when you didn't ask for it. Or even if you prayed that the Lord will provide you money. Now before you go out there spending it all or doing whatever people do with money, you need to ask the Lord to confirm to you how to spend it. Oh. So if you say, ah, that's my money, I can do anything. Well, it's not your money. Really, you don't understand that. It's not your money. It belongs to the Lord. You are just a steward. So be careful how you use it. I know it's very difficult for a lot of people to understand. Because they are not thinking that they are supposed to glorify the Lord in everything they do. Everything. There's no division and say, glorify him when you're doing this. And the other one don't glorify him. No. Everything we do. So when you come into that uh, in money that you never expected, there's a reason for it. Find out. Wait. Pray, ask, and ask the Lord to show you why. I'm just using that as an illustration. Now, we made this point, though, based on what we have recorded here in Exodus 16, verse 25. I didn't make this up just like that. Now, look at that instruction in Exodus 16, 25. says, eat it today. Eat it today. Moses said. Now, literally, the Hebrew reads this way. And Moses said, eat it today. Quite very similar. Now there are three, at least three implications to the instruction of Moses to Israel that we may observe using the literal translation that reads, and Moses said, eat it today. And Moses said, eat it today. Now, a first implication of the, the literal translation and Moses said, eat it today, is that the instruction of Moses to Israel 
did not take place until the Israelites observed that the food that was left overnight did not get rotten. No, no, he didn't give them the instruction until they actually saw. This food, nothing happened to it. Unlike those who tried before in disobedience what happened. So, that is, he didn't give them instruction until they saw that nothing happened to the food. Now, we say this because the literal conjunction and we use in the literal translation it's really translated from a Hebrew particle we mentioned before. That's often translated and in our English versions. However, in the first part of verse 25, although most of our English versions do not translate the particle, it is used as a marker of sequence of related events and so should be translated then, then as reflected in the uh, English version, some English versions such as the New King James Version, the revised edition of the New American Bible, and the Tanaka, or the New Jewish Version. So, that tells us, until Moses saw, nothing happened. That's when he gave them instruction. It may have been obvious, if food is left over, you know that's obvious, you eat it, right? But he didn't tell them eat it yet. That's why I'm driving that point. Even though it's obvious, if you have leftover, you know there's nothing for tomorrow. You say, man, yeah, I have to eat it. He hasn't told him to eat it yet. That's why I'm driving this principle. If, when you get certain things, certain things come to your way, investigate, pray, ask the Lord before you jump into action, like I use money, before you start spending, going on a spending trip. Anyway, a second implication is that instruction was given sometimes after the morning of the seventh day because of the word today. Look at that word today. In the, when he say it, it today, that word today. Now the word today is translated from a, a Hebrew word, yom, yom. That may mean daylight, as it is used in the judgment God pronounced on Israel, as we read in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 4. Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 4. It is, prepare for battle against her. Arise, let us attack at noon. But alas, the daylight, that's your, here, that's what yom. The daylight is fading, and the shadows of evening growing, uh, grow long. So, the Hebrew word is translated here, daylight. Now, the word may mean day, though, as a unit of time record from sunset to the next sunset. That is including two or more segments of morning and evening uh, with about a period of about 24 hours. Now, our Hebrew word has the article, uh, the, attached to it, so it means the day, which means really today. That is, the same day as the day of the discourse. Thus, the word today in Exodus 16.25 refers to the same day that Moses gave the instruction to the Israelites about the leftover food that stayed overnight. So, that's clearly, he had to wait the next day, in the morning, they seen the food, nothing happened to it. That's when he started giving them the instruction. A third implication 
of instruction in the literal translation that says, and Moses said, eat it today. A third uh, implication is that Moses did not tell Israel what they would do with the food that was to be set aside overnight. See, if he told them that before, what would he be telling them? Eat it. He didn't tell them. He just told them what's going to happen. Keep that overnight. That's all he said. So everyone will, you know, jump into conclusion. We have to eat it. That's no doubt. But he didn't tell them that. Even though it's obvious. Now, so what I am saying is, Israelites, though, will have assumed that the food left overnight will be for their consumption the next day. But they were not really sure, especially as the food will be cold compared to the day it was prepared. Now it is it's also possible that the Israelites could think that the food left over could harm them if they ate it since they did not know anything about this strange substance they were to use on the sixth day to prepare uh, the food that was in question. So they could also have their own suspicion. We don't know what to, happen. We don't know what to make of this. Well, we know that when it was left overnight, it stopped. So they, they themselves may be guarded. I said, what are we going to do with this food? Anyhow, the Israelites... They not assume though that the food will be edible the next day and Moses was not going to let them assume what to do until the time he wants them to act. Therefore, he was then direct by instructing them to eat on the seventh day the leftover from the sixth day. Well, where again is he didn't tell them the one do you have leftover? You eat it tomorrow. He didn't say that. Until that day, that's when he told them, eat it. I mean, would they ruin the four series after that? Uh, they, knew, they would then know that's what they're supposed to do. Anyway, as we have stated, the Israelites would have assumed that they were to eat the leftover on the seventh day, but uh, they weren't sure. And so Moses communicated uh, to them what was obvious to them, although. They did not act upon it until instructed. That's why I'm making that point. There may be things that may look so obvious to you in certain way as a believer. Don't be in a haste. It's going to wait and ask the Lord. Know for sure. Even though it appears so obvious, know for sure what he wants you to do in that respect. I'm saying that I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to learn not to be in a haste to act. Don't be hasty in acting. Especially if we are moved to assume that something that we are about to do is correct. If we do not have a clear support from the scripture. In other words, there is no clear support in the scripture that says do it this way. So be, don't be in a haste. Just wait and see what the Lord Directs you. Now one will have. One will have to really wonder. Why Moses did not tell the Israelites. That the leftover from the sixth day. Will be their food. For the seventh day. Why did he tell him that? He should have told him. You live in it for overnight. On the seventh day you eat it. But he did not. Now these are things that. When we study the scripture we have to. Meditate. Why? Because that's even he's saving trouble. But he didn't do it. So we investigate to find out why. So anyway, we could expe- uh, speculate that if Moses had given them that instruction, that some of them would not have assembled to receive further instruction that he gave them later. Now, apparently, the Israelites uh, must have uh, assembled daily 
before Moses to hear God's word or instruction from him. Now remember, for 40 years, what do you think they were doing in the, in the desert? God was instructing them in many, many ways. So I'm con- convinced that really, since he didn't get, tell them what to do on the sixth day, is because he wanted them to assemble on the seventh day. So he can communicate to them God's word. Now, so if he gave them the instruction we're considering on the sixth day, many of them would have stayed in their tents and would have, no, uh, have seen no reason or no need to meet Moses since their need for food for that day has been met. So why, why, go, to, why go listen to this man? I already have my food, which by the way, when I describe it this way, it, it sounds far-fetched. But many of us believers, that's exactly what we do. You say, how? Well, see, many of us come to worship God, go to Bible study, because we are convinced that's the way to get whatever it is that we want from God. But the question really comes down to, do you do it because you love him? Not because of what you're going to get out of him. Remember, that was a retest of Job. Because Satan complained and said, Lord, I mean, the man is worshipping you because you're blessing him. Stop blessing him and see. Because they go at it. And took everything Job had. Job didn't flinch. He still praised God. And so he won. He was victorious. So that should be the same attitude. Do you, do you come to study the word of God? What's your intention? What's your purpose? Oh, so if you think you are doing well, which seems to be the uh, problem majority of people in this country are suffering from, there's so much prosperity, so to say, that many just don't see any need to go to church. What's the purpose? Why go listen to these preachers or whatever they call them? Why? I'm doing well. I have everything I need. So why do I need to go sit in church and something? somebody tell me something? Why? Now now that I explain it this way, it's no different from what Moses was facing with the Israelites. So that's the thing that I believe that that's one of the reasons he said, God said, made him, don't tell them. Let them come on, on, on the next, on the seventh day. Then you can tell them with other instructions to follow. So in any case, I have stated several times that quite often, when God gives us a command that we need to obey, He will usually give us the reason for such instruction as He sees fit. Consequently, Moses, following the same pattern, provided Israel with a reason for instructions to eat the leftover food on the seventh day. That Moses provided a reason for the instruction he gave is indicated in the clause where we're studying Exodus 16, look at verse 25. Verse 25 reads, Because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. That's the reason. So, we are sure that this clause deals with Moses' reason for the instruction he gave to Israel because of the word because that is translated from a Hebrew word that has several usages. For example, the Hebrew word may be used as a marker of emphasis and strengthening of a statement in which case it may be translated something like indeed to convey emphasis. Nonetheless, in our clause, it could be used as a marker of causation between two events, hence may be translated for the reason of or because, or even for. Does the Hebrew particle used in our clause tells us that the clause is one that provides uh, the uh, reason for the instruction to eat on the seventh day the leftover food made on the sixth day according to what Moses instructed 
uh, them to do. Now the reason was he supplied them is that the seventh day is a Sabbath that belongs to the Lord. As in that phrase, look at that phrase again, a Sabbath to the Lord. A Sabbath to the Lord. Now the word to there is translated from a Hebrew preposition that has several usages. For example, the word may be used with the meaning on behalf of. It can also mean for. That is, a marker of persons benefited by an event as Jonathan used it to indicate that the Lord might act on their behalf against the Philistines in a war that they have with them or battle with them according to 4 Samuel chapter 14 verse 6. For Samuel chapter 14 verse 6. It is Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from serving, whether by many or by few. And of course, he succeeded. Now the Hebrew word may be used to express possession so that it may mean something like of or simply belonging to. As it is used in the question of Boaz to ascertain the identity of Ruth as he saw her gleaning around his farm as we read in Ruth chapter 2 verse 5. Ruth chapter 2 verse 5. It reads, Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, Whose young woman is that? Now that question, Whose uh, young woman is that? Is one that is really intended to, to ascertain to whom Ruth belongs. Thus, the New English translation rendered the question this way. To whom does this young woman belong? So in that way it's clearer. To whom does this young woman belong? Now in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 25, uh, the Hebrew word or uh, Preposition is used in the sense of belonging to. Belonging to. So the Sabbath, no doubt, benefits humans and animals because it involves rest for them. But the concept of Sabbath itself belongs to God since it originated from Him and was introduced after he finished his creative work, as stated in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now that the Sabbath belongs to the Lord is acknowledged by the Israelites who returned from exile in their confession of their sins and praise of God as we read in Nehemiah chapter 9 Verse 14. 
Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 14. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 14 reads, You made known to me your holy Sabbath. You see that? You are, it's a way to say it belongs to you. You are holy Sabbath. And gave them commands, decrees, and laws through your servant Moses. Now, since Sabbath belongs to the Lord, we are correct then in asserting that the reason Moses supplied for the instruction given to Israel by eating on the seventh day, the leftover of the food prepared on the sixth day, is that the, sab- uh, the seventh day is a Sabbath that belongs to the Lord. Of course, the Sabbath belongs to the Lord implies that it is a day dedicated for His own glory so that on that day, Israel will worship Him. That's the whole idea. So that Israel will worship Him. Nothing should distract them from worshiping Him on that particular day. That's one of the things to recognize when it says the, the Sabbath belongs to Him. Israel uh, was to Leave it, set everything aside, focus on worshiping the Lord only. Now, another reason Moses gave Israel for the command to eat on the seventh day the leftover food from the sixth day is that the Lord would not provide the strange substance for food on the seventh day, as in the passage we're studying, uh, Exodus 16, verse 25. Again, it says, you will not find any of it on the ground today. Now this sentence relates a way that Moses conveyed to Israel that the Lord will not provide a strange substance for them to gather to prepare their food. Now the word find here really is translated from a Hebrew word with a range of meanings. For example, the word may mean to discover, to discover. As it is used in the sense to find out, as it is used, of a man that rates a virgin that is pledged to be married, but the sin becomes known, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 28. Deuteronomy. Chapter 22, verse 28. It reads, If a man happens to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her, and they are discovered, that word discovered is our Hebrew word, translated find, discovered. And of course, if you read the race, uh, in some they because of all, all kinds of things. In one situation, one of both of them have to die. Then on another, when another thing, same rape happens in a different situation, the man only is to be killed, not the woman. Anyway, the word may mean to reap in the sense of harvesting of agricultural crops, as it is used to describe the blessing of Isaac in Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. Genesis 26, verse 12. Genesis, chapter 26, verse 12. It reads, Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year reaped. That's the same Hebrew word, trust the fine. Reaped. A hundred a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. Now in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 25, the word is used with the meaning to find in the sense of observing the presence of the strange substance on the ground on the seventh day. In other words, they won't find, they won't observe it. They'll be known. So following the reasons, the Israelites should eat on the seventh day the leftover food from the sixth day, Moses summed up the instruction he gave them regarding the strange substance that the Lord provided for 
their food. Now he indicated that the Lord will provide a substance daily for them to gather up to the sixth day as we read the Look at verse 26 of where we started in Exodus 16. It says, Six days you are to gather it. Now, this instruction is first a reminder to Israel that they were to walk six days in a week, and also a summary of the instruction regarding the gathering of the substance for food. Now, we say that this is a summary. Of the gathering of the strange substance for food, because Israel had already been instructed to gather only what they need daily, as we read still in Exodus, where we're studying chapter 16. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 reads, This is what the Lord has commanded. Each one is to gather as much as he needs. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. So he's already told them, he's given them that instruction. This is what you do every day. Now, but on the sixth day, they were to gather the double portion. This was when they look at verse 22. The same Exodus 16, verse 22 reads, On the sixth day, they gather twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the first of the community came, and reported this to Moses. Now, so since the gathering of double portion was not mentioned in the instruction of Exodus 16, verse 26, when it says, Six days you have to gather it, we should recognize that it is stated as a summary statement that includes the specific requirements of gathering double portion on the sixth day, even though that's not repeated. Now, so to indicate then that instruction in Exodus 16, verse 26, when it says six days, you are to gather it, that that is a summary that includes the special gathering of the double portion on the sixth day, Moses repeats the fact that the law would not provide a strange substance on the seventh day, that is, the Sabbath, again as we read in the same Exodus 16, 26, when it says, But on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. So anyway, the point is of verse 26. In verse 26, Moses summarized or summed up the instructions given to Israel regarding the collection of a strange substance uh, during the six days that the Lord will provide it for them. They can be sure that for six days that was going to take place. But on the seventh day, it won't be there. So they were to, be, they were to understand then that the food left over on the sixth day from then on is to be eaten on the seventh day, the Sabbath since the Lord will ensure that the food does not go bad, that they can count on. They have seen it. If he has, this is the first week of our instruction. And Moses, in a sense, said, from now on, that's what's going to happen. You preserve it, and the seventh day you eat it. Anyway, because of what God will do to ensure that no food is rotten when kept overnight, only on the sixth day. If they do it any other day, it gets spoiled. Only on the sixth day. Because of that fact, we, so we again end by reminding you of the lesson of this subsection of Exodus 16 verses 23 through 26, which is the nature of the result of an action is dependent on whether the action is sanctioned by the Lord or not. In other words, what you, whatever you expect, whatever you do, you have to know that the result depends on if you are doing what God says. If you are doing what God says, whatever the result you anticipate will take place. Next week, we'll look at what will happen when we do not do what he says we should do. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we are thankful this evening for study of your word. We pray that God, the Holy Spirit, will challenge us to the things we have heard so that we know to be very patient, to not to be hasty in the way we act and to wait and to be sure the way you are leading us in any way before we act. Knowing fully well that only when you direct us will we know for sure that we are in your will. This is a request in Christ's name.